We're bringing you more hunger and desire than even Roy Keane could ask. Friends, welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday the 7th of January. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushin Nahantaraja. Yes, we're all snuggled up in our pillow forts, ladies and gentlemen, and there's not going to be any mention of any C words at all today, is there, Luke? No, absolutely not. We will not be mentioning uh, that that word in any way, shape or form. As you dictated earlier this week, Kate, uh, I think it was a very good idea, so I'm, I'm happy to stick with it. I will not at any point say any footballer's name that begins with C. <laughs> it's actually quite a good policy. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Vish? Well, I did think that um, you two were about to C-word each other in the beginning of the show. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you didn't. And yeah. I'm glad to at least hear your hear your voice, Mason. Happy New Year as well. Oh, thanks, mate. And to you. I'm really impressed with your uh, with your setup, I've got to say. It looks absolutely, absolutely glam. Yeah, it's um, uh, Olympia walked in while I was setting it up and she said it was really cute because I looked like a child. <laughs> Trying to set up a little. Oh, I agree with that. I, th- I think I think Vish, your your home setup. I've got I've got a lot of comments on it, so just bear with me, okay? One is massive, the kid in the sixth sense vibes, right? <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a blanket over the top of you with a light under it that is very sinister. Two, people will will share a picture of it on social media, and people will think, oh, Vish, isn't he really professional? Um, you know, putting a big uh, soundproof thing around himself to make himself sound good when he's recording at home. That's not the case. He's doing Doing that to insulate himself from when Jules Breach comes to get him. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, guys, I moved house quite recently, and so I just bought a sofa. Big uh, grown-up vibes now. And I got it in, and I took all the stuff out of the box, and then I had a massive box. So I've actually got a fort in my sitting room. Use it. <gasps> Use it. Use it or lose it. That's what they say. It's pretty amazing. Is it a corner couch? Uh, no, why? Oh, this oh, really I love corner couches. A departure. I'm going to live vicariously through people who have corner couches. I think they're, I think they're perfect. I think Jules has it's got one. It's a sofa one, bed, Vish. So you can come and stay here when you're when you're hiding from breach again. Oh, that's really a sofa bed's really sad, isn't it? It's like you're like a divorced. You're like a divorced dad. That's oh, Mason. That's not what I thought. My soft furnishing choices that I never wanted to make anyway because I never wanted to grow up. I never, I never thought that would say that about me. I thought it would say I'm Peter Pan and everything's fine. Um, should we get to a bit of? Uh, should we get to a bit of football before we analyse my entire life to death? Here? <laughs> I'm happy to do either, to be honest. <laughs> Vigorous little cup semi-final. This one finished Manchester City two, the host Manchester United nil. Means is means Pep guys is. Uh, Merry gang through to their fourth consecutive league final. They've actually won five out of the last seven. And we are going to bloody well cover this Manchester derby after the dregs that was the last one. Not only because it was the uh, only major game of football in the UK last night with respect to Oxford City and Billericay uh, Town. Obviously, congrats on your 3-1 win, City. Uh, but because it was bloody laugh, wasn't it? Fish, mm. did, you, did you love every minute? <laughs> well, you know, I was... Um... I was able to be the bigger person for a change in every sense. Um, and I kind of stepped back and I was like, well, at least they're not stinking out the joint because that first game, as we mentioned on the show yesterday, was was dire. But as soon as it started, I thought, God, this is a really entertaining game. And then I put two and two together and I was like, 
but they are better at football than Manchester United, so this could go quite badly. Um, and I mean, they were brilliant, weren't they? Like we obviously saw snapshots of it um, in the Chelsea game on the weekend, but. You know, once United had, I suppose, calmed down, you realise that actually that was kind of playing into City's hands. They just controlled the game from then on. And the way they started the second half killed the game and uh, they were thoroughly deserving of their win, weren't they? Even Roy Keane said so. So that's saying mm. something. So I, th- I think that um, I-, I broadly agree with that. And, and, you know, one thing that's been really impressive to me about City is that they now, I wonder whether, and I'm sure other people have said this, so forgive me if this is a, a plagiaristic point, but I wonder, I was watching them last night thinking, I wonder whether they've that Guardiola has planned this. They're now starting to move into a form where they, they look really good, and I wonder if he sacrificed a bit of early season form to try to hit the straps um, in the second half of the season because no one's really stamped their authority on this Premier League this season. I know this is a cup game, I understand that, but as more of a general point, it looks to me that they're a team who now know exactly what they're doing. They also look like a team, weirdly, who love to defend. And if you look at the form of of the two centre-backs, particularly um, over the last few weeks, and, and last night was another good example of it, not just because John Stones scored a goal with his penis, but the fact that he defended really well <laughs> as well. Thigh. How big <laughs> do you think his penis is? No comment. No it depends, comment. It depends which side he dresses, though. Exactly. Ask him. Next time Next time you fit him for a suit, Vish, ask him. Um, <laughs> but but the, the thing is that, that they look like... A, so so when, when the Guardiola fashionable thing happened around 2008 through to whatever it was, 2012, people, Spanish football experts were saying, well, Tiki Taka is like a defensively strong uh, philosophy as well because you've got the ball so often, you're reducing... The um the other team's chances to score because they just don't get the ball, but the but this this isn't really as much of a ticky tacker team at all. They just look like a team now who can defend and who like to defend, and with all the players they had out, I thought it was a really impressive performance by him last night. Can't believe he's got in your head so much, Guardiola, Luke, that you think that he's just been planning this all along. Sort of and no, I think he's a ball fraud. Do you think that, or do one of our, uh, one of our <laughs> no? I don't think any it? of us think that. But but it was um it was it was a fun game last night. Particularly, it had to be a fun game to hold our attention when the world felt like it was ending on one of the other channels. But we won't, <laughs> we're not we talking going, about that. We're leaving the no. c words out of this bloody podcast. <laughs> we won't. Uh, we, won't yeah. we won't go into that. And let's not forget, the ball was in the back of the net twice in the first five minutes at either end. They just absolutely went for it. Both both of the main Manchester's. What is this? Is this now Vish the kind of reinstallation of John Stones into the heart of that city team. I mean, he's been out in the out in the cold for for some time, but really getting that goal, getting through to the final, and that sort of roar that he gave out when he scored. Seems like he's back in. Yeah, it was like he was um giving it to Colombian defenders again, wasn't he? Or certainly the Colombia team. Do you remember that <laughs> after the shootout when he was running yes. off and basically flicking them off? Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Mason when you? Um, I, th- I can't remember what game it was. It would have been. I feel like it would have been a Europa League game. But when Joe Hart made that start for Spurs, and you said it was yeah. nice to see someone kind of rediscover his purpose. That's what it yeah. feels like a bit with John Stones. And as as much as his success yesterday, um, you know, was a, a countenance to my joy. Um, <laughs> he does seem to be a player who has got this new lease of life and I don't know you know there were some people at City who were t- who who weren't necessarily saying his time with them was over but mm. it's kind of hard 
it's hard not to think it was or not to have thought it was because considering they can buy the best defenders and they can you know they can afford to have some quite high profile expensive losses to you know to improve basically yeah and he felt like he was going to be one of them but yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of coming to his own he clearly is a, a really popular player and you know Michael Richards on Sky yesterday was another great example of of having someone who's so recently in the game as a pundit so useful because while maybe sometimes they're not particularly great at criticizing them they can tell you a lot about the players that they play with you know, and what they're like behind the scenes and certainly the emotions they're going through. And Richards was saying that, well, you know, his Stones, his, Stones' knack of making mistakes was something that was always brought up at City and people were always aware of it. And it was something that, you know, he was he was given time to sort out. But when they kept totting up, it was a bit like, well, yeah, God, maybe you can't change. But it's it's good for him. It's good for England. And it's good for City that he's he's back in um, you know this kind of form, and and I think you know when we're looking at defenders in the way that we want one, we expect modern defenders to play. You know he's been around for quite a while, and he's been doing mm. that. And maybe maybe we're in a situation now actually where the game has got to a stage where he's suddenly back in vogue, or players like him are back in vogue. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of good to see, and I absolutely agree with you about the uh, the connection with with players finding themselves again and he was working with Ruben Dias uh, really really well as well wasn't he yeah and I think I think the partnership sorry Kate to cut in but I think the partnership thing excuse me is something that isn't really covered an awful lot and and maybe not covered enough and I think if you go back to the to the the legendary and I think it for the season that they had in 0405 the legendary um set about partnership of Terry and Carvalho like that was just a really complimentary complimentary partnership and and Carvalho was probably underrated in that just because he didn't spend as much time in English football and because he's not, he wasn't the captain of England or obviously all that kind of obvious stuff. But it might just be that John Stones' um, partnership with Diaz is a little bit more well-suited in Guardiola's mind and that's why um, that's why it's kind of working. But, I mean, I used to play football on Saturdays all the time and I, I must make loads of mistakes at centre-back and no one ever kept picking me. So I'm not sure why Stones <laughs> deserves the, uh, the special treatment. But listen, if he is going to score goals with his penis, you can't really argue with that. There's no certainty that it was his penis, as we should add as a disclaimer. We don't know it wasn't. We don't know it wasn't. That's true. There's no evidence either way, I guess. Only John Stones will will truly know. Well, Kate, what I like about it, Kate, Kate, what I like about it is, if you were like eight years old, right? If you were eight years old and you and you were playing for the team that you you love playing for, and you were you know the yeah. next big thing, and it all went a bit wrong, and someone said to an eight year old, "What's your idea of redemption?" I come on and I play against Manchester United and I score a goal with my penis. Yeah, and he's done it. He's actually done it. It's like it's like a cartoon strip in Viz. Yeah, it'd either be penis or ass, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Guys, have you seen this thing in Denmark? The, um, the, 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 I mean, maybe it's based on John Stones. Who the hell knows? But uh, the, the kind of Danish equivalent of the BBC, I think, DR, they've commissioned a cartoon for children, right? Um, okay, I'm not saying this is John Stones, actually. Now I've reread the thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the man with the world's longest penis and how he overcomes challenges in daily life. That's crazy. This, this is a cartoon for kids. But you know, you know what's good about it is the fact that so we all know this, and I've got a lot of love for our Scandinavian brothers and sisters, particularly um, <laughs> Lars Sivertsen, who works with us regularly, and I've spent oh, a bit of time over there. It's a great, yeah, exactly. It's a great place. And when you when you see those lists of um, 
of, of countries that are the happiest with the best kind of uh, out, outcomes for children and the best education mm. and the best general happiness among their citizens. It's always Scandinavian countries. But I put it to you two that if we're all being honest with ourselves, we all also know that they're a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, the thing, about having, fish. <laughs> the thing about having a penis that big is as John Stone's show... <laughs> yesterday is that you know it, it's a, a part of your anatomy which you can score a goal with so therefore it is a part of anatomy that can be adjudged offside it's true so if, if you've got a penis that big you're constantly having to face away from goal so unless you're kind of attuned to being that kind of striker true. I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be particularly helpful so i realized it's hard this to know if you have more ball control isn't it i don't know well presumably you, presumably you could wrap it around the ball couldn't you and like throw it <laughs> But Fish, do you remember? Listen, I'm not sure Kate remembers this, but um, maybe you guys, maybe you guys both do. I don't know. But there was a famous photo of Steve Lomas playing for West Ham, and he scored, and it looked like he may have been aroused in the celebration through the act of yes. scoring. Right? Yes, yes, yes. It is possible now with VAR that someone could be adjudged offside because of an erect penis. And I'm just putting it out there because it's probably something that's in the psyche of the nation, the football supporting nation, but no one's wanted to articulate it yet. And I think that's what the ramble is here for. I think at some point in theory, we could see an erect penis being offside. <laughs> uh, okay, so two two goal scorers who are both quite unexpected. Um John Stones and also Fernandinho scoring with his, I think, just foot. Luke, do you yeah, want to sprinkle foot, your magic yeah. over that one? Are we moving on then? Are we moving on? Okay. Because I was going to say, you could be in a situation where um, a defender could arouse a forward so that they could be attached offside, couldn't they? Kate can't stop us because she's not in the same room as us now. Okay? We're away. We're away, mate. It's just dream think- stuff. I was thinking, I was wondering what the equivalent of kicking you under the table was. <laughs> yeah. Turns out there isn't anything, is there? There's just nothing I can do. Yeah. Uh, say, uh, I'm trying to think of something neutral to say about Fernandinho's So, so was, what about... Was, so Kate, it was fun, I'll, it was good, it didn't have a penis in. <laughs> I'll rescue you, I'll rescue you. <laughs> it was one of those, do you know what, it was one of those goals that didn't look technically brilliant, but the speed of thought um, yeah. to, to guide it into the bottom corner, and goals that bounce about three times before they go in never look that good, but what he was able to do is just think so quick that no one else could react, and before um, the goalkeeper even realised it was in the back of the net. So, And that was mm. the killer blow for Man City, as I'm sure we all know. Um, you mentioned, though, just to change the subject ever so slightly, you mentioned Roy Keane earlier. I, mm. I look, Roy Keane gets a lot of... Uh, praise from me on this show just for being the great um almost like the great equalizer among football fans and non-football fans because as i've said to you before my friends and my wife who aren't necessarily that into football um they will watch tv of roy king's on and i think some more of these um more of these po-faced kind of commentators and, and and writers of which vish is friends with most um they they kind of miss the point about roy king a little bit and i think what what sky sports have to do is they have to have a balance between like serious analysis which they do very well on monday nights and then have a little bit of a kind of universal bit of tv charisma box office which is why they have Mourinho in which is why i've got roy king in now but what i wanted to say was we all bang the drum for Ali McCoy and John Champion as the double act we need in these difficult times. But I think, not Jules Breach and Vish Hantaraja, because that's a different thing, but I think that Roy Keane and Micah Richards are possibly 
a double act to rival them. And I'm not sure if you guys ever saw this. And I'm, to those listening, I would recommend this. If you're on Instagram, follow Micah Richards because he <laughs> is constantly winding Roy Keane up in ad breaks after shows. Last night, the stuff after the, the makeup show, as well. Yeah, last yeah, no, but last <laughs> night after it finished, Micah Richards was badgering Roy Keane to agree that when lockdown ends, they should go on a big road trip together. And I'm telling you now, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you now, ITV2 will make that by the end of 2021. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm all Good over prediction. that. Yeah, that is awesome. They, I mean, I love to watch them on uh, on the football as well, generally. Um, to, to completely change tone, this was, of course, also uh, celebrating the, the Manchester City legend, uh, Colin Bell, who died earlier this week, um, aged 74. So there were some quite lovely tributes paid to him. And, and Guardiola in his post-match uh, talks about how this was a kind of a, a testament to him or that kind of performance often compared to to Kevin De Bruyne as well um in terms of playing style Colin Bell so yeah a sad and kind of emotional night for the club but ultimately a brilliant performance and they are through to the final the Carabao Cup final on April the 25th where they will meet none other than dead cert winners <laughs> Hotspur in the El Clasico meeting that we've all uh, we've all been waiting for. Now, um, guys, it's not just the transfer window; it's also it seems the managerial transfer window because uh, we, we follow closely some of our faves in their moves and their slightly more unusual moves. And Mick McCarthy, uh, if we remember, went to Apwell Nicosia about about eight weeks ago. Um, I was reading an article from the Ireland's Daily Sports Show off the ball. Um, uh, that was entitled this might give mick mccarthy's career a new lease of life well luke uh, <laughs> has it not, well not really. I, I think we've got serious issues around the trade descriptions act re the word a job here <laughs> for me this is a fucking holiday this is a holiday <laughs> that he's done where he's popped in occasionally and eight weeks on or whatever it is six games he's been given the tin tack I, I feel for Mick. I think he seems like a good egg. I've heard people say he's a lovely fella and that he obviously he's got mm. he's got a bit of self-awareness about him as well. I thank him for the gifts too. But the person <laughs> I feel really sorry for is Jack Byrne, who joined Apoel Nicosia <laughs> at the end of last month, right? Check this out. Spent his time in isolation as he had to, then made his debut for five minutes. Two days ago, in what turned out to be Mick McCarthy's last match in charge, and is now stuck in Cyprus without him. <laughs> Has Mick McCarthy left Cyprus, though? Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm being metaphorical, Fish. Go no, no, no. That, but you it. wouldn't leave, though, would you? Sounds yeah, that's ideal. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I reckon he should He should just stay there. And I wonder, actually, as Luke alluded to, that if this was just a, a big ruse to get to warmer climbs in quite you know in quite a sensible way. Because, you know, it's a tough time, time for employment. You know, people want their holidays and a lot of people are getting in trouble for going to Dubai. So if you can do it on business purposes, you know, that's quite a cool way of doing it. And... Yeah, I don't know why more people aren't. I actually thought when Allardyce asked for a circuit breaker to the season, I reckon he was just, <laughs> I reckon he was just thinking, that's oh, an extra two weeks in the job, that isn't it? So, <laughs> and also, I also, th- yeah, exactly. And I also, that's absolutely true. And I, I think you know, Mick McCarthy has got a long way to go before he can. So, so I know McCarthy is, you know, technically. Irish and, and represented Ireland and all that stuff. But if we're talking about British and Irish managers going abroad and disgracing themselves, <laughs> we're basically talking about all of them. But bear with me, when the, the gold standard for this isn't David Moyes eating crisps with a fan in the stand, uh, uh, Real Sociedad, and it isn't um, what Mick McCarthy's done here. It is, of course, Chris Coleman, 
who, as we regularly say on this show, but it bears repeating, missed training as a manager in Spain because he said his washing machine had broken and then was photographed at a student union nightclub. (laughs) That is what we're talking about. Brexit, you can stuff it up your ass. Also... (laughs) Another one who might be looking at this and thinking, oh, that sounds like he's done quite a good job is perhaps the current England women's team who's also looking at um, uh, uh, the England Fizzer, women's get Fizzer involved. Fizzer. Fizzer is, first of all, back on the scene on Twitter. Check him out. Fizzer, what is he? Fizzer 212 these days. Fizzer, I think, I think he's Fizzer 181, isn't he? <laughs> he's not 212. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's 181. Fizzer 69. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he was due to look after. He was due to take charge of the women's uh, team GB at the Olympics, but it looks as though he might be trying to make a little side side step over to into Miami. I quite Bitch, fancy going to. Reckon? I quite fancy going to America. <laughs> I quite fancy going over to America and going and eating all those M and M's and going on Splash Mountain. That's that's the thing, though. I wasn't qualified for this job. I won't be qualified for that one. So it doesn't matter. Does it? <laughs> You've got him Yorkshire. He's Yorkshire yeah, then. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a bit, yeah. I want a bit Joe Root. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, what, like, fair play. Like, go. Like, just go. I mean, I, I, <laughs> Get I don't, out. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, uh, you know, obviously there's the David Beckham connection there and he's getting the band back together and whatever. And uh, I, like, I, I couldn't I couldn't care less, to be honest. But um, it's his pet project. He can do what he wants with it. Um, Fish? Yeah. Sorry to cut in, mate, but if you're not going to pile in on him, I'll just do it. <laughs> well, I feel like, I feel like he's he's the kind of person though who just like he's got no self. We we know he's got no self awareness, and so like even the way that he's approached the the women's job from from the very start, even the fact that he got it in the first place. If he leaves now, yeah, it'll be a bit of an inconvenience, but I, I think we'll get over it, and I think it'll be long overdue, to be honest. So my angle is this, right? If you're putting together a prospectus which calls, like, your new club in Miami, quote-unquote, you know, world-beating and the most exciting thing to happen in US soccer or whatever it said, and then you go and get Fizzer, right? You are (laughs) not doing what you say you're doing, and I think it's a bad look. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair, yeah, yeah. But I wish him well. <laughs> I f- he looks to me like someone who gets really badly sunburned as well. Oh, big time. Big time. And I'm speaking to someone who also does that. I'm speaking to <laughs> well, someone we- who gets sunburned opening the fucking fridge. It occurs to me, we strictly speaking don't know that he is going to be the boss, Fizzer. But that doesn't mean we can't lay into him, though. Our role. So it might just what be else is he like going to do? Social, what, fucking Social media manager. Or, no, yeah. yeah, or like... Supporting his brother in something else. Like, jizz far- he could be a jizz farmer. <laughs> Horse jizz. Fuck's oh, my fish. God. Oh, my God. Rescue this. Rescue this. It's Phil <laughs> Neville's can't... fault. We'll get Marx's quotes on it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that is the manager- managerial mer- merry-go-round that we will continue to bring you. And and, and as Luke says, we wish uh, Fizzer... And Mick McCarthy, actually, all the very best. Um, I realised that to... Phil Neville, oh. Phil Neville, would be the whisperer. He'd be the horse whisperer, wouldn't he? Sorry, go to a break, so... please. <laughs> <laughs> you had a chance to get out there, and now I want to hear what you had to say, mate. I just said that he could be the horse whisperer to Thomas Fuller's 
Yeah. <laughs> Other bit. Come okay, on. yes, let's you get can, to a break. You can do it. Now. You can, you can do it. <laughs> It's like, Luke, why can't you move it on from the penis thing, Kate? You've lost control. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. I haven't lost control. I'm going to press a button. It's time for emails. Just email show at footballramble.com Right now. So Peter, Fish, or Kate, or Jules, or Jim, or Andy, Luke, or Marcus can read it out. Well done. Yeah, nice to get a daily reminder that if you pressure Pete Donaldson to doing something that he doesn't want to do, you will receive the most obnoxious email jingle of all time. Uh, that is... Darius Pinozzo, who's got in touch first. A great name, Darius Pinozzo. Fantastic. Uh, he's emailed in saying, in the Football Federation of South Australia, which is the most advanced amateur level of football before the A-League level in South Australia, there is one club who have risen to cult status when it comes to stupidly obnoxious goal music. Yes, we're talking about obnoxious goal music again, people. Given the rather small population of the footballing community in South Australia, you are guaranteed to have come across a player who has been subjected to this torture at some stage during their careers. The club in question, Metro Stars, would frequently play the riff of the Venger Boys smash hit, We Like to Party, brackets <laughs> Venger Bus. <laughs> Do you guys know that song? Yeah, of Do course. Do we know it? Mate. Yeah. Do you want me to give you a little rendition? Wedding, actually. He, uh, yeah, it, was, it was your first dance, wasn't it, mate? That's a, du- that's a double robin because I had to cancel my wedding. Thanks for that. Oh, Cheers. well, because your wife didn't want to marry you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she left me. <laughs> so, so anyway, <laughs> Darius goes on to say, "We like to party." Brackets Venger bus each time a goal was scored, not just for their senior side, but for every single age group across the league. Why? I guess because some wise guy thought Vengabus and Metro Stars sounded similar. Now, you usually ah. might think that this would make them a pure laughing stock. However, annoyingly, they tended to be quite a good club and would frequently put five plus goals past each team they faced. I assure you now, there is nothing worse than just conceding for the seventh time in an afternoon for the reserves and being subjected to this tune. And before you think there was a crowd cheering along, you have to remember this is essentially amateur football and the crowd is full of parents who just come to see their kids play and players of other age groups who had actually already heard the song several times that day anyway. (laughs) Truly obnoxious. I mean, that is something else. Because that is a torturous tune. That's... I've got to one more thing over to say, Vish. The Venger bus is coming <laughs> and everybody's jumping. New York to San Francisco. It's that one, right? An intercity disco. Yeah. 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 It's not as good yeah. as boom, 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 in my view. That was the seminal hit of the genre. Of the genre. I want you in my... Oh, hello. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm glad you didn't deprive us of your rendition. Thank That's you. That's also your walk on music into the ramble, isn't it? I would thought we yeah. might have been deprived that, given that we're not walking anywhere at the moment. I know, it's a shame. And before I hand over to Vish for his email, I've just got um, to, to pipe up that, um, Vish, you opened the floodgates yesterday on the fish pun front. But I think what you <laughs> did was you, you kind of hit a rich seam, but you failed to mine it, didn't you? Yeah, um, I also thought, you know, it'd be really funny to create chaos for the, per- for the people who are on 
the show the next day and then I realised I was on the show the next day. <laughs> yeah. So Dirk on Twitter's got in touch with a few suggestions for you, mate. Shark G Sung, um, <laughs> Steve, Guppy, Steve Guppy, Marlin Harewood, Manta Ray Wilkins, <laughs> James Perch and uh, my first personal favourite, Coy Hodgson. <laughs> Banter Ray Wilkins, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. Yeah. Anyway, it's up to you, mate. You're over. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got an email from Andy, sorry, Andrew Bruce here. Surely the most obnoxious goal music. Bit informal. Is... Fish. I know. Sorry, <laughs> well, I feel like I'm making sorry, everyone Andrew. emails in. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for those weird people where you've got to do show more replies on Twitter. I'm not so much, I'm not so friendly with them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Surely the most obnoxious goal music is Fleetwood Town playing the Captain Pugwash theme. Ooh. Glorious if you're a fan of the COD Army, listening to it five times in a single two-minute highlights package after their 5-1 shellacking of Plymouth in November. Not so much if you're of the Devon persuasion, I'm sure. Now, I can't remember the Captain Pugwish theme. Same. But oh, I, I know there was that whole there was the whole thing at school about... Um, we're talking about semen again, but, you know, like there's <laughs> semen stains and things like that. But that's, not, that you know, that's, that's a myth, though, you know that. Uh, no, I didn't because I, I didn't watch Captain Pugwash. I thought that was just part of the, part of Pugwash canon. So, so basically, um, the the character it's, it's weird because because what seems to happen. So, this is going to be very very obscure for the teenagers listening. Essentially, that there, there was a show called Captain Pugwash, which was a cartoon for kids about um, you know a, a captain of a, of, a, of, a, of a ship who um, pretends to be like the bravest captain around but he's actually like a complete coward anyway um <laughs> what happened somehow somewhere on the line i guess it's because before the internet and all these kind of rumors just cover speed is that they said oh people started saying oh the character names are like double entendre names so like master bates was one of them and roger <laughs> the cabin boy but none of that is true the, the, the master it was master mate not master bates the cabin <laughs> boy was actually called tom not Roger, the cabin boy. And it's just been completely made up. So anyway, if you can't remember the theme tune, go and check it out. I can't remember it, but it wasn't as sexually suggestive as everyone said it was. <laughs> okay. Happy to clean okay. it up for you, like a mythbuster. Thanks so much for all your emails. Do keep sending them in, in to us. It is show at footballramble.com or you can tweet us at footballramble. Uh, we love to hear from you and if you happen to be danish and know of any more cartoons that would that would uh, tickle our fancy then those are always welcome too now i don't know if you guys saw on your twitter feeds yesterday i think it was yesterday yeah the, the, these strange pictures of a guy at royal antwerp having a sort of what looked like a sort of tussle with a whole load of security guards um i don't know was he trying to come in the wrong entrance well for example uh, well no as it turns out, he was turning up to the training ground of his own club wearing Antelect, an Antelect top, their arch rivals. Now, I, this seems to have been the most laboured attempt to get a move in history. Uh, Fish, what, what do you make of this as a strategy? Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of it. It's so wonderfully messy and like chaotic as well. Like what... The, I think what I can't understand though is like surely if you can say I don't want to play for you for this team blah 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 then you'll get that move. Why do you have to go and be so abrasive? I, I like it feels like he's jumped a few steps ahead of the process here. Yeah, probably Didier Lamkel Z is the guy. He's been he wants to go to 
Panathinaikos, uh, Luke. I don't... Yeah. He makes um, Peter Odenwengi look like Ryan Giggs. That's exactly That's what, what I was he thinking. Does. Yeah, yeah the, the 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 lack of loyalty on display is incredible. It's also a great reminder. And I, by the way, and don't don't please don't mistake me for criticising him for this. I think it's absolutely magnificent, and I would like to see a lot more of it. Um, if you are a player who's so upset about your current club that you're happy to get in physical altercations about it and um, yeah. and turn up with your rival team's um, shirt on, I mean, that is what we need more of. So this is the thing. Lots of people will be very po-faced and earnest about it and go, we don't want to see this in the game. It's a, it's a shambles. I do like to see it. I want to see more of it. It's like wrestling. Make it more like wrestling. It's like, <laughs> is, is, Vish, you know more about wrestling than me. It's a kind of storyline they were putting wrestling, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. They they have they've had a few storylines where people have been like banned from the arenas and they've rocked up at the end. So like, if we if we kind of walk this its natural course, surely it's going to get to a stage, or maybe even now because they've made up. I wonder if he gets to a stage where he he plays in a match and then scores an own goal. Do you remember when Gallas threatened to score loads of own goals? <laughs> yeah, that's get amazing. I reckon he but- he might do that. He might kind of. Curry favour, get back in, get back into the starting lineup, and then just fuck things up for the but inside. The other thing about it is it's perfectly in the Venn diagram because I'm not defending what William Gallas did, although I thought it was hilarious at the time and I think it's hilarious now. <laughs> Gallas was an established international player <laughs> in the Premier League. This guy's got one international cap and he's only been playing at the top level in Belgium, I think, for two seasons. And and I I, I feel I feel like the best thing about it was, and it won't ever rival the uh, the Graham Souness mandated apology that um, Dyer and Boyer made that we all always talk about. But he was he was made to do an apology as well, and he justified he justified it by saying, "It's simple. I want to go to Greece. Don't play with my career." Well, he subsequently said, though, I have reacted like this because I had a lot on my mind, such as a possible transfer. It was not easy for me. Do you think they'll win the Royal Antwerp fans round? There's nothing else going on in the world now that could be seen as part of the bigger picture. I'm sure people will understand that he's the real victim here, for sure. To be fair, he set the trend of breaking into buildings, so... You could say that he's something of a pioneer. The idea that he's got all these shirts as well, is he just getting them off Amazon Prime? Mm. He yeah, because he said he's going to come in in, a, in another one, didn't he? Another rival of Antwerp. Beer shot, maybe? Yeah. Is he, yeah. It's a bit of a worry that he's got so many. Exactly right. Like, anybody who's an enemy of my enemy is my friend, I guess, is the theory <laughs> that he's putting there. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you reckon people, people, people might have even been saying to him, um, you know what, like, you fine, you want to go on, on the move, but you can't at the moment because of like, the pandemic. And he's like, that's a fucking <laughs> excuse. I want out of it now. Yeah, it, I, I like touching think... the security guards as well. Like, have this, yeah. have this. Yeah. I, I didn't think Odin Wingy could be topped. I mean, there's some, to be fair, I mean, I've got to be even-handed about this. Like, there's something inherently more tragic about driving your car yourself to another club's car park uh. and sitting in the car. That, for me, is possibly more impressive just because it's more Alan Partridge. But this is a definite kind of uh, nice, nice new angle on the whole genre. Yeah. Other transfer window nonsense, if we want. Mesut Ozil. Sure. No, I'm joking. No, no, I am not joking. He apparently has <laughs> got a move agreed to Fenerbahce, although he's also toying with DC United because uh, that would apparently help increase his brand. Although I find that quite hard to believe, given the fact that he's got far more Twitter followers than Arsenal. I don't know how much brand... I wouldn't be going anywhere near DC at DC at the moment, <laughs> personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's keen for it. I don't know. Yeah, from one political mess to another. Go on, Mesut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I mean, I guess that, as they say, is one that will run and run. Or perhaps it'll be wrapped up as soon as we leave this fictional studio that we're all currently sitting in in our own houses. Uh, Big Sam, he's closing in on his first deal, Robert Snodgrass from West Ham. Yeah, um, that's been signed by a, a Big Sam meme generator, so well done to everyone there. <laughs> Snodgrass, is a good, Snodgrass is a good player. Leave, leave Snodgrass He's a great player. I, I, I think he's really underrated. Also reports that Andy Carroll is on his wish list, guys. Now he's a goal machine. Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Why is he doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Leave Andy. Andy's just got home. You know, it, it feels a bit like you know Andy Carroll's come come back home to Newcastle. He had a bit of trouble settling in, and then suddenly one of his old ruffian mates are there knocking at the door. Oh, can Andy come out and play? No, I think I think Fish. I think what's happened is that um, the good news is Andy, you scored your first goal for Newcastle for quite a long time. So congratulations. The bad news is you've uh, triggered a clause in your contract, which means you now have to play for Sam Allardyce. So all the best. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Um, If you didn't, if you, I mean, the other thing that the transfer window brings up is all sorts of stories of like uh, how transfers are being prevented or as we've heard about from Royal Antwerp, how they're being effected. Uh, The Peterborough owner, Darren McAntony, seems to have a pretty hard line on people who want to move from his club. Um, Their star striker, Sariki Dembele, has handed in a transfer request. Lots of people interested, including uh, Old Firm and Fulham. And then in a video, so in response, in a video on Instagram, McAntony said it was the player's agent meddling and he should get to fuck. <laughs> this is sort of <laughs> approach you'd take, Luke, if you were trying to uh, get one of your players to to hang around in Peter, in lovely Peter. It's got a nice cathedral, I should say. I think you Perhaps know that that's. I think you know that's exactly the kind of language I would employ if uh, if people were acting up. But I would just also say, not to, not far be it for me to criticise a fellow League One club as a Portsmouth fan. Um, I haven't seen much of Peterborough this season, but if he's their quote unquote star striker, they're probably in a bit of trouble because he's got. I think he's got five league goals this season, which isn't. Well, yeah, they bloody sold Ivan Tony, didn't they? So you know, uh, it's not well, he's a player I can get behind. I mean, I, I heard the guys talking about him yesterday. He's a fantastic yeah, he's player, but. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, Darren McAntony is a bit of a controversial character. But I, the thing is, again, I'm quite uh, non-traditional on this stuff. I, I quite like it when chairmen are like that. I mean, I know it's kind of, it can get a little bit unsavory and you get, for every good chairman, you get like a pretty exploitative or awful one. But I mean, he's chucking out a swear word every so often and he's doing some controversial stuff. Okay, it's it's not ideal, but it's a bit more... It's a bit more of the rich tapestry of football, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm all in favour of this kind of um, this behaviour. I, I think especially it's quite, I mean, you know, it's quite a good tactic for, I suppose, controlling that kind of narrative. I, I think if, if an owner comes out and speaks like that, we generally forget about the whispers of, you know, discontentment because we're like, right, there's a guy at the top who's clearly like lost his rag with it. And it's quite easy to turn fans against agents than it is to turn fans against players. Mm. As someone, you know, when you're associated with a club. And also swearing's good, isn't it? So let me do it. <laughs> so, Fish, just imagine then there's someone, there's a key player. You're managing Manchester United, like in your fantasy. Do you manage them in your fantasy career? I can't remember. Um, but anyway, if someone wants to leave, imagine that. What what tactics would you deploy to try and uh, keep them on side? Right. Um, Instagram Live. I'll go on Instagram mm-hmm. live um, and I will say to any, to any, because I'm Manchester United as well. And in, and in this fantasy, we're really good. Um, mm. So I'm going to go, right, he wants to leave. Top of the league, mate, nearly. Yeah, <laughs> joint top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants to leave. The next, you know, the next professional striker who joins me on my Instagram live chat 
um, yeah. I'm going to sign. And so I'm, I'll, I'll start a kind of like <laughs> social media bidding war like that. And then hopefully, because he sees how popular the stream is and everyone will comment on it, on it call me, calling me a nonce and stuff like that on, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, he'll join it and be like, boss, I'm sorry. But um, but yeah, I want to stay. Well, hang on, Vish. We all know what's going to happen here. You do exactly that as the manager of Man United. Go on to Instagram Live and say the first striker to join me gets to sign for the club. It's obviously going to be Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I'll, and I'll take that. I'll take it's straight back. on there. Yeah. I don't see what Hello, boss. Go wrong Hello, boss. Hello, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, Mason, yeah, you're you're the Instagram you're the Instagram live queen, so you can tell me all I need to know to make sure I can keep the ruffians out. But I, I think that's a foolproof plan. Yeah, you can actually kick people out. I only recently discovered that from your Instagram lives, Luke. Unfortunately, when oh. Luke and I were doing it, we hadn't learned that at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> I basically used the whole thing to try and get you in trouble with people that you work with. <laughs> oh, it's so unusual for me. That's not like the backbone <laughs> of our friendship. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah I, I don't know. You have to just, I think the problem is with all of these people, if you want to keep them, you have to just bottle them up massively, don't you? At this In this in this modern football. I was imagining that if my star striker wanted to leave, I'd just sort of, deploy the Jose Mourinho you know the hamper the laundry basket that he used to to get in to talk to his to talk to his players in that game against Bayern Munich but probably you'd have to just be like oh the thing is I love you Sariki you're just like there's no one else for me um yeah. that's the only way really isn't God, it? you said that like you've done that before by the way because <laughs> <laughs> modern footballers are, are softies and they yeah. always fall for a bit of flattery that's the story isn't it it is basically yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, then. Well, speaking of softies, I think it's time for us to, to get out of here. We've done plenty of work this morning. Um, on which note, we want to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, guys, to do a bit of work yourself on our behalf. Hopefully not too much. Uh, if you're wondering if there's a way of supporting the show that doesn't um, really cost any time or, or money or effort, um, you could leave us a review uh, on, on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Uh, five stars, please, if you wouldn't mind. It means a lot to all of us. I've actually been looking at, there's been some really lovely ones uh, recently, guys. Uh, I don't know if you've had a look. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate them. And uh, we love that you get in touch with the show and, and tell us what you think. So please leave us a review. We'd appreciate it so much. It helps people find the pod, which is, of course, what it's uh, what it's all about. People joining the Kate, madness. Kate, do, do you want me to jump in and kind of bad cop it off the back of that? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Just leave Edit. us a fucking review, man. It takes like two seconds. What's wrong with you? Do it. Re- leave a review now. It will take you no time at all. And don't moan about it either for goodness sake there you go <laughs> i mean you can if you want you can moan in the <laughs> as long as you leave five stars i mean it doesn't really it doesn't really matter to us although we love the nice words too don't we luke no don't yeah, be mean to the listeners like you always no, are i love them what? all i love all of them i do i love them all and that's why i'm mean to them because i expect better oh should okay. i should i come in and say something here should i be like king <laughs> so- i'll be like king king solomon i will cut your five star reviews in half and so you have <laughs> A two point five each, and the, and, and the and the one who says no, that's the true mum parent. Yeah. So wow, yeah. we've gone some places today, haven't we? Really, we it's really time. Have. It's time to get out of here. I think. Yeah. It's yeah. Time, well, we can't get out of here, Luke. We have to stay in oh, yeah. here forever. True. Uh, At least I can get out of my box. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Okay, I'm going to go back to my fort, and uh, and guys, you you have a lovely day. Uh, say bye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Vish. Bye. Tomorrow you've got Marcus, Andy and Luke in your ears. We'll see you then. Bye.
This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.